0: Vision and Graft, a creative's career and mental well-being companion.
1: Hey, welcome to Vision and Graft. I'm Richard William Prisner. This is episode eight and the second part of the conversation that I had with Jack Howard. The first part was back in episode seven. So what have I been up to? Since last episode, I've been away catching up with my mates in Torquay, which surprised me in living up to the English Riviera name. Um, I couldn't believe that parts of that were in England. Very beautiful. I love looking out to an endless sea. Um, There's a Lowry painting I need to buy a print of that's a seascape. Um, And something about that trip at this moment in my life reminded me about that painting. There was a lot of chats staring out to sea, full of meaning, After I was in Torquay, I was in London on a job, and then I'm back up north now working on a few things, one of them being a studio that I'm setting up, which I'm quite excited about. So onto the episode, we pick up where we left off. Jack shares what guides him when prioritizing between his various creative endeavors, and we consider essentialism as opposed to perfectionism, and how that approach can help us to move forward in our careers more effectively and possibly quicker. We discuss Jack's approach to his well being And the things that he does to help, particularly as society is reopening after COVID. Jack shares his motivations with me as I push him to find out what it is that gives him his creative spark and his impressive drive, something that I've always admired him for. Finally, we discuss what success is to Jack, and he flips the question back at me before we get onto my slightly controversial interpretation of the Singing in the Rain scene by Gene Kelly in the film Singing in the Rain. I'd love to hear your feedback on that specific part because it's a little bit controversial. I'm sure that what Jack generously shares in this episode will give you the same boost that it gave to me whilst chatting to him. So let's get back to part two. As a creator of many things, um, how do you prioritize Like how do you know how much to give to like one of your pursuits and kind of what guides you whilst you're doing it?
0: I haven't quite figured that one out. Um, I definitely take on too much stuff and will try and fit it in if I feel like I can. And a lot of the time I do all right, but it's definitely like intense on, on the life part of life. I feel like I can get all the work done. But like doing that Calva Louise video, for example, it only happened a few weeks ago, which is why it's so fresh in my mind. In that same week, the screen test, which is a podcast that I do for Amazon for the film part. And then I did that on Monday. And then on Thursday, I did a live show for Amazon Music. And then on the Friday, I directed that music video. And then over the weekend, I edited that music video and delivered it to be graded on Monday. And felt like I'd been in a just a whirlwind and I would call it the cave. Like I go away and lock myself in the cave to edit and I almost get delirious having looked at the same footage in the same three minutes on a loop over and over again, sort of like weird sort of nightmare that happens when you're sort of locked in the dark room, just wondering if that cut makes sense or whatever it might be. And I feel like that, that is not something I could do every week, obviously. It was something I was like, okay, these are jobs and that's the passion. And I need to do those jobs in order to be able to do the passion on Friday. But it also took a strain on my personal life because I didn't see uh, my girlfriend for a, about 10 days. And that was intense. And not the one is how I put it. it like, uh, that's not how I want to live my life. And I've learned that. So I think that's what I'm applying now is I'm about to direct my first big boy TV advert. I've done an advert before, but it was mostly for streaming and online. It's not that different, but the budget's just bigger and it's just it just feels more significant. And I know that between now and when that's done, I'm not taking on any anything in between. Like I could fill my days and go, well, I'm just in pre-production. I guess I could fit in something. No, I'm to try and focus as much as I can on that and also do a 5 day week rather than working over the weekend to get things done. It's it, I think at the moment I'm still finding where that pendulum swing lands and I'm I'm still I've not figured that one out fully yet.
1: You explaining it in the way you just did excites me. Like I'm excited for you. The idea of you working reasonable hours and and giving yourself that like mental space in which to create like one thing and do it really yeah. well. I mean I was asking this question genuinely from me to you like can you help me with this <laughs> you know like because it's uh it's it's difficult I, I find it really difficult prioritizing i'm juggling a few things at once now and it's like i don't know whether this is right but at the moment i'm going with my heart generally i'm going with like what is driving me right this second
0: i think that is right and i think that another thing that i i've learned having done many different jobs in a short period of time in the last six months is understanding how much effort each one takes or how much each one needs so for the live show the amazon music live show i feel like i'm in a groove with that now so i knew exactly what i needed to do to prepare for that i was was having conversations with interesting people as well and that's that's basically just this. And I feel very comfortable with that. Whereas at the beginning of it, I would have been like panicking. Like, what if I don't know what to say? Or if I don't know what question to come next, but after six months or so of doing it, I feel like I'm in a bit of a groove with it. So it wasn't scary to me to have to do that the night before my music video shoot. And I knew exactly how, how to approach that even just with the mood. Cause I could, I could get really antsy and stressed about oh, It's a live show. But I was like, it's live. If something goes wrong. We'll figure it out. if, if, and if it goes incredibly wrong, it was live and no one will ever see it again. It's it's not available. Do you know what I mean? So I just sort of find ways to go, okay, how much of me does this need? Um, and trying to just make sure that there's enough enough me to go around.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. I mean, with what you were saying there, one thing I've been looking into recently is this concept called essentialism. I'm not deeply into it, but on the sur- I'm like on the surface, which is working a little bit already. With every task that you're doing, trying to find the most essential things that you need to do for that task, just get them done and move on, not labor it. In the past, I've definitely like labored things that I'm not that into or that just sort of need to be done. And then later down the line, I've got no time to do the thing that I really want to do. I'm not developing enough. And literally, every task, I'm like, am I spending too much time on this? Like I'm always asking myself that question. Like what's the easiest way to get through this? Not in a shortcut and cut corners kind of way, but in a like efficiency way. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. I think what what does this thing require of me? And knowing when to go, that's it. There's, and to go like, if I change this thing, this this aspect that maybe is bothering me, how much is that going to improve what it is overall? And I was blown away by this. Edgar Dabrowski, who shot the Calva Louise video, who, by the way, is a very accomplished DOP. He's maybe the most accomplished DOP that I've worked with. He shot things for uh, a really wonderful pop star called Griff. He shot for Mumford & Sons. He did additional photography on the new Master of Non series, which is beautifully shot. Every time I see like an insert, I assume it will be Edgar. And I just here is like and he knows his accent's funny as well so this is not me making fun like he's he's nice He's nice like he's just got he's, he's from lithuania so he's he's got a a really colorful european accent and it's just so satisfying when he sets up a shot being like it's nice and when we got into the grade for this we were talking about how it was going to get compressed on youtube and if there was anything we could do to support that in the best way possible and he was like guys it's going to look compressed no matter what you do so like it looks great the way that you've exported it no matter what you tweak now it's going to get compressed in some way or another it is what it is
1: yeah and it's gonna get trashed on everyone's monitors as well (laughs)
0: exactly so what a wonderful mentality for him to have of just like let it go and you've you've done all you can there's no point now stressing over how do we make it that touch bit better for us when no one else is going to know, know or care, you know. When I see banding on the stuff that I've made that is on YouTube, it kills me. But I'm sure that nobody else has even thought about it. It doesn't bother them at all. That, even that as a lesson, I was like, what a beautiful way of living. Just like, you've done all you can do, now put it down.
1: Do you have any techniques for keeping on track with your mental well-being. I think
0: communication is a big thing. I really think that I've learned how to express what I want to express and who I can do it with. I think another these are really again they're kind of they're not like practical, oh you should get up at this time, keep a routine, do exercise. It's more just like things I've noticed have helped me improve how I feel generally and it is like understanding that when somebody says something that hurts your feelings or is dismissive or feels like it's aimed at you, it usually isn't. And it usually is more about them. And learning how to express what I want to express to the people I want to express it to and doing it without bringing any of my own, I don't know, shit to it and not having them feel like I'm attacking or being aggressive and being able to uh, do all that through therapy has been a huge, huge turning point for me. And yeah, things like exercise have helped. I've definitely fallen off the wagon. I I went hard on the wagon during lockdown and then fell off it. And now I'm trying to sort of have a relationship with the wagon, (laughs) you know, all that sort of stuff is helpful, but I genuinely feel like doing, having discussions about how my brain works and understanding that more and being able to communicate that more has helped me understand about myself, but also about other people. So if something happens, I don't make it about me all of a sudden, that's a huge lesson that I've learned. And I, I even think that what's important to me as well lately is having a dialogue with people about this type of stuff and how, what type of stuff you're carrying and what's important to you. And what else I, I find important about this, for example, is that we're, we're two men talking about this sort of stuff. And I think even that is setting a good example, not to pat ourselves on the back about this, but this this is new. This is like the, the idea that two men are having a conversation about this sort of stuff, about mental health and about things that they've struggled with. That's really important to me at the moment is, is... <laughs> I don't want to say men's issues. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It sounds a bit MRA, but I, I just, I think that it's, it's not the sexiest topic right now. I know everyone's aware of it and it's definitely being spoken about, but I think that this is a positive thing and I, I want more of this in the world as well. It's like this stigma to go away in some sense that, that we can't talk to each other about what's really going on because I think that it's not as scary as it seems. It's it's actually very cathartic. Something else I've noticed as well um, recently, is that a lot of my friends are very conscious of this sort of stuff, and and especially the male the male friends, they've become more conscious of it in the last few years of discussing where are you at? You can always talk to me, that sort of thing. But then, just a week or so ago at the weekend, me and a few of my uh, my mates got together, all all men, and didn't discuss feelings at all, and we just sat around and we just played video games and hung out and took the piss and that also felt important like and I think before I, I've I've almost like the pendulum swung too far and it's like this isn't meaningful unless we are talking about what's going on with us whereas actually us all just behaving like we'd gone back to uni for the day and just having a laugh was really nourishing and felt um it's something I, I, I will remember. Like that day now is like in my head as like a good, nice, fun experience that I had with them. And that's just as important as it is to talk about feelings.
1: <laughs> yeah, the problem is that before the pendulum was was way too far on just the fun stuff, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. You need the balance. It's been the same with me this last year because I've been in a bubble um, with um, one of my mates that I grew up with. And he's had to be the everything with me like multiple times a week
0: it becomes like a marriage doesn't it
1: yeah and 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 him and his fiance have both been in this role but it's like we're trying now to change the dynamics of that that yeah we can still mess about and take the mick and but then the next minute we can be like yeah i had a rough year straight up like i had a rough year and and i just want to talk to you guys about it for the next five minutes and 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 i've had i've done that with my mates they've done it with me and like the your friendship just like jumps to another level when you do that you know
0: it's like you say, like if the pendulum is swinging one way or the other, it's 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 intense, too much in one direction. I think it's for each individual to sort of figure that out. But I'm just glad that I'm aware of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, I think I think I'd get frustrated, and I definitely have been in situations where I've wanted to talk about something, and it felt like there isn't a space for it because nobody else wants to go there. Um, and that's that's something that I've started to try and be like, you know what, even if I feel that, because it's like an awkwardness, it's like you can feel the boundary and you're like, mm, I want to be able to just, like, just, just hop over that a little bit and see how people respond. Um, what I notice is that I definitely feel more comfortable discussing that sort of stuff very openly and easily with the women in my life and the men, it's harder to sort of like to know how to sort of get in to have those discussions like properly and comfortably.
1: Yeah, it's it's difficult. I think we're 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 working on undoing generations of men not talking to each other about how they feel, and yeah, it's it's a lot to undo. I'm presented a lot of the time
0: with some friends of mine, close friends of mine, being like, "Oh, well, what's what's talking about it going to do? I'm aware of it. What's what's me saying it out loud gonna gonna help? I mean, that's resistance." So I don't really feel like it's my place to sort of push too hard or become argumentative about it. I'm just gonna present you with an alternative and then leave you alone. It's kind. Of, it's it's not something for me or us because yeah, we feel like we're in a similar place sometimes to take on as a responsibility to you know, <laughs> fix the world. It's um, but it can feel like I don't. I can see the answer for you, or I can see another opportunity for for what you could do and, and that's probably me merging my being a director and being a friend <laughs> but i know the way to do this
1: <laughs> you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink bingo you're never going to succeed by forcing someone to start thinking differently you've got to try and show them i suppose the benefits that it's giving to you and that maybe they could project that onto their own lives and potentially imagine a difference in future you know i've had that with my mates there's certain certain times where you're like oh i can sort of see i feel like i can see this but then it's silly because i'm saying that as if i've sorted myself out like i'm a complete person yeah
0: it's always easier to see everybody else's answers than it is to see your
1: own oh yeah and they're probably all doing the same with me like could you just sort that out (laughs) (music) where do you get your motivation from what drives you
0: not a clue honestly quick question quick answer it's just there it always has been i don't think i could do anything else i just have to and something something every time i finish something i think all right let's take a break for a while but i never do there's always something else that comes up
1: is it is it that same thing that motivated you since the first time you were showed the editing software? Is it the same thing?
0: I don't. I, I genuinely don't know. Uh, it's, it just is an instinct and urge to just make something. And if somebody gives me the opportunity, like my friend Bethan Ledley, who I made a music video for, that I'm really proud of, um, could love me like that. She messaged me the other day saying, could you make me another music video? And I was like, ah. <sighs> definitely I definitely am going to do that like there's no way I'm turning it down like it's just especially when she's so talented and the song is so
1: good and I can immediately it starts like you know creating images in my head or ideas it sounds like you're answering this by saying like by connecting with it like with what you're shooting by connecting with what you're making
0: yeah it's, it's also a way of expressing things it's what I said earlier about how Mental health is finding its way into everything I'm making at the moment. Literally every single thing, music video-wise, that I've made, which has been a lot of my output as a director in the last few months, is about the relationship with the self. Every single one. The um, the video for Love Me Like That that I mentioned, there's a lot of like archetypal imagery in that about the the duality of of yourself and angels and devils and the shadow self and the ego. And then the Glass Caves video... I literally use my housemates who are twins and put them in the setting of a boxing ring to make it feel like somebody was having a fight with themselves. And then by the end, they do a dance routine in sync with themselves. And that was supposed to be this like more of a comedic, uplifting, euphoric kind of they're in sync with themselves now that, you know, they've learned to embrace this other side of themselves that they once hated. And then the Calva Louise video, as I mentioned before is about, not wanting to face the parts of yourself that you're scared of when you do. It can be a positive thing. I made 12 videos for Dodie for her album and all of those were about the relationship with the self. It was all set in a car, which represented the journey that she was on in this portion of her life. And it started with her feeling like sweet and innocent and excited about the potential of this journey and ended with her being angry and resentful and abandoning the car and being like, fuck that, I don't need that and leaving it. And that's the journey of that. And everything that I'm doing at the moment, it's not intentional. It's just, it's just there. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to stop it. (laughs) If if that's, if that's a theme that keeps coming up, clearly it needs to get out and it will stop eventually and something else will take its place.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm excited, I'm excited to see more of your work with, with you pouring this in, you know, like it, it feels like you're pouring in your emotion and your, um, what matters to you right now? You know, like I'm I'm working on this photography project at the moment, and it's like I started this photography project before COVID. Over the last eighteen months, I've slowly been adding more of myself and and developing the themes, and you know, I'm pouring myself emotionally into the work, and I can see I'm, I'm achieving what I want to as a result of it because I'm just being sort of like open to doing that. Um, and you talking like that, I'm just it, it excites me that you're sort of allowing yourself to connect with your work like that and it not just be sort of like a surface thing. You're like going in the, into the depths of your mind and like doing that. And I'm, I'm excited to see what you're going to be producing. I think it's going to be great.
0: Thank you, ma'am. I, I I also want to mention to anyone who's listening to that, and obviously that sounded like a very succinct like way of describing the things that I'm noticing that are appearing in my work. That is usually after the fact. I do it instinctively and I then notice, oh, that's the same. That's the same like even the love me like that video that I mentioned it's Groundhog day mixed with grease like it's it's her on a loop over and over again, and she's not aware that she's in a loop, but actually all of her friends notice that she's in a loop and and that's the twist for me and then in the Calva louise video there's a motif of repetition again about somebody doing the same thing over and over again until they realize that they need to change. And like I can make fun of myself as well. I've got one idea, but I just apply it to different things. But really, like it's not until after I've done it that I go, "Oh yeah, I can see what I'm doing now." I can, I can. Now that it's done, it feels clear to me what what instinctively I was putting into it. So I, well, I think the point of that is to just like don't feel the pressure to be have to to have to think, "Oh, what am I saying before you've actually said it?" Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think you need to know exactly thematically what it is that you're trying to do. Before you've even done it, I think afterwards you can realise, oh, there I can see now,
1: for sure. Or even um, for me with this this photography project, it's it's like jawing. like it's 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 developing as it goes because it's such a it's over such a long period of time and it involves a lot of people and you know it it's it's ever changing and I'm learning through it and yeah, it's um it's enjoying the process
0: and let it let it change. I, I what some of the best things that I've made recently. We're supposed to be something else, and then on the day, like because you know what you're trying to get across all of that meaning is coded into into your into your intentions because you know what it is that you're trying to do it's just going to get in there because you're following it like you know it, there's, there's, my mom even asked me recently, what does a director do, and I was like, well, I could give you a line of dialogue to say, and you could say it a million different ways, or if you put a camera in this room there's a million different places you could choose to shoot it from like and i'm and i'm the person who asks why are we doing that and a lot of the time i don't even ask too hard i just go this is instinctively what i want to do and i'm just going to listen to that and i'm going to let myself do that and i'll learn from it later if it doesn't work
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah enjoy the process isn't it and and be reactive to that and not not try and pre-script everything
0: i think that's that's the main thing as well enjoy the process is like such a big lesson that i think i i think i've learned it i think i do lo- i think that's we ask why i do what i do what motivates me i think i love the process and i enjoy the end results because of it um but i never think that they are like exactly how i want them to be but i know that i loved making them
1: yeah and that's the most important because that's what you spend most time doing you spend most of your exactly. time actually making the thing than reflecting on it it's um, and that's usually for someone else to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out of my hands. It can mean something completely different to somebody else now.
1: As a creative, what is success to you?
0: What is success? I think as I think as a director, it's I want to know that we've enjoyed making the thing. I think that's important to me as well as well as the thing being good, making sure that everybody on set remembers the day well and, and had a good time making it. But then there's other things like, I'm not just as a director. I'm, I'm also, as you've mentioned, many other different things that happen that I guess I don't put as much of my heart into. doesn't mean I don't care about them, but being a filmmaker is absolutely the place where I'm like, this is what I want to, this is, I want to craft this. But if I'm hired to host a podcast or whatever it might be, I, I think I want to have a good day and know that it's gone well. I think, yeah, that's a big part of it, is the, the experience needs to be positive because there's no use in something being stressful or you walking away feeling utterly drained. Because then when you look at the thing, that's all you're ever going to be able to see. So personally, I think the experience has to be almost better than the thing itself, no matter what the thing is, whether that is recording a podcast or whatever. Like I very rarely will listen back to podcasts that I've done because I I enjoy watching back things I've made because I feel like I can learn and apply what's coming next. But listening to a podcast, it's like, well, I had that conversation. I don't want (laughs) to listen to myself have that conversation. Yeah. But I've enjoyed this conversation. I just... Don't want to experience it again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'd rather have another conversation with you. But honestly, like I could also say that success to me is like having enough money so I don't have to worry about money. That's also a big part of my life at the moment is like I want to make sure that I've, I'm comfortable enough that I don't have to fucking think about it all the time because it's distracting. Do you know what success means for
1: you? That's a big question. Uh, this, is what, this is what I'm trying to throw at you, Jack. Do I know? Are you asking me that back?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think success to me is fulfilling, is creative fulfillment, like essentially. Money for me is something that, like you say, I need it to live. I need it to be able to afford to live and do things and and not, not have to think about it too much. But at the same time, like I know just because of the way I'm built and my personality type, that if I'm not getting creative fulfillment, I am not seeing myself as a success. I could be a multimillionaire. And if I am not getting that, I will not see it i'm I'm on a journey trying to find it, you know, like that's why i'm I'm working on photography now because I'm like I think photography might give me that, and this podcast might give me that, and it's this constant quest, you know, it's a hunger, isn't it? yeah, and I think success a success is getting through these things positively and 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 feeling like I've developed as a result of it, you know, like I don't think I'll ever reach a point where I'm like I am now successful. I just think it's just like am I developing, am I growing, you know am I aiming towards things that I want to do? being creative in and of itself is successful
0: that's a great answer yeah just being able to be creative is is success in its own right
1: yeah exactly and i think that's what will will guide me through my life if i keep if i keep that sort of mindset as opposed to stuff like money or fame or you know anything that's that's not tangible or could easily easily go in an instant you know somebody described me the other day is like
0: having a, you, you, you've, got, you've got a successful career or whatever. And I was like, do I? Like, I, I just, I've never heard externally somebody say it to me because I feel like I'm constantly still like what you've just described is like I'm searching. I feel like I'm still like building up or climbing the ladder.
1: The tagline for Vision and Graft is If talking is the cure, then creativity is the recovery. How do you find being creative helps you when dealing with life's challenges, both in your career and personally? Do you know what?
0: Thinking about it, I don't think I've gone long enough without creating something to know what it would be like to be in relapse as somebody who doesn't apply instinctively into the things that I'm making. So I'd I'd have to I'd have to go cold turkey for a bit to know what it would be like. I think I think it's just it's become. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I think that it's become such a like norm for me to to express myself through the things that I make or to have the urge to make one thing or the other and 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 to to let myself develop as well, like to go okay, I've I've and and not even through choice but go, okay, I, I, I'm not as interested in that anymore, but it doesn't mean I want to stop creating things. It just means I want to now move in this direction. It's, it's like breathing. It's, it, it, it's something I can't help but do. And I can't imagine not doing it. Ooh, I imagine like, you, you, the one you brought up, the, the sort of sci-fi and depression. I don't know what, where else I would have put that. Because sometimes those deeper, darker, sadder feelings—they have to be expressed—not not entirely in the abstract—but they have to be expressed, maybe in a more theatrical way. Like, and so does happiness as well. You know, there's a reason why "Singing in the Rain" exists, because that's—and there's a reason why it's lasted the test of time. Is because when you watch that sequence of him singing in the rain and jumping in the puddles and onto that um, lamppost, that's how it feels to 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 be that happy and that high on life. And it's so brief of a moment that that's that that euphoria is 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 like a universal thing that we can all kind of relate to, as is great fucking depths of sadness and they kind of you know, I always end up watching Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind if I'm in a really, really like sad place. Because the idea that the sort of sci-fi idea that you could forget the person who was so important to your life that is now gone is 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 an idea that we we all contemplate. It doesn't exist. It's not real. But it's such a like attractive idea to be able to sort of remove that experience so that you'd feel better maybe if this if i could just take this out of me it would all go away you you can say that oh i just want to take this out of me and i wish it didn't exist but seeing it expressed in in a film in a narrative it just means more i don't know it just it it, there's a way that i connect with it it just sort of I think it's what you said earlier that you can, you can identify with it or it sort of touches something that you, like you said, you were looking for paintings. There's, there's something about how art reflects back to you. It just sort of like expresses it all in one go. Do
1: you know what I mean? Yeah. In, in a way that you could just spend months trying to find a way to say it or write
0: it. So, yeah. To try and articulate, how do I say this? And oh, that they, they said it, that's it. That's the feeling.
1: Yeah, it's funny, you've just made me think about that, the scene in Singing in the Rain. I love that scene, like, but I i don't feel when I watch that scene, often happy. And I don't know why. You don't feel happy when you watch that scene? That scene, yeah. And I, and I, and I, I sort of wonder why. You were sort of hitting on something there where you were saying, like, it's going to end. Do you know what I mean? It's going to end, he's going to, he's going to, you know tip his cap and he's gonna walk off down the street and it's gonna end and i think for me the sort of person i am i'm i'm just aware of that i'm too aware of it and so i'm watching that scene that other people might be getting absolute joy from and i've got a sort of feeling of like melancholy Mm -hmm. you know because i know it's gonna end and i don't quite know why i don't feel great about it and so i've weirdly during the last lockdown i was listening to the song singing in the rain Uh, partially to like reflect on how it was making me feel and how i felt at that moment because i was like i don't know how i feel right now it's often the case for me like when when it comes to scenes that are like sort of happy for other people i i I find different interpretations
0: well like it feels like they're walking towards and they're just making it worse for themselves so they're climbing higher there's gonna be a bigger drop because you're
1: you're too happy (laughs) <laughs> you you're just building yourself up for disappointment possibly and then you mix that in with nostalgia and other things that, that 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 scene makes you feel you know thinking about the past like and how how great um gene kelly was and things like that and it it all mm-hmm. just kind of like um it just it mixes into up. this yeah into a, yeah. a, a different emotional response for me and it's something that like i find these scenes that scene is one of them another one's in Willy one kind of chocolate factory or um not even what it's called the original one it
0: is the original one is called Willy wonka and the chocolate factory
1: yeah when G- Gene wilder's doing the come with me and well mm-hmm. that one it's like i'm like what the hell am i feeling right now <laughs> you know i'm like i have no idea oh man that one that one is
0: like even just your <laughs> wonderful beautiful uh version of it then <laughs> thank like, you like even just think about like there is something about that one that there's like a hint of sadness to 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 that uh song for me i don't know what it is as well like you're right
1: but i love that man i love that in art like like in any art form i love that where i'm that thing where i'm trying to grasp at it that's the sort of art i want to create i want to create art that people have to grasp at
0: what an amazing thing to be able to do to another person that you, you it's it's one thing to sort of create something and it has the intended effect that like i make funny thing person laughs that's an accomplishment but the idea of making something and someone is wrestling with it emotionally and it's sort of conflicting and they're creating they're bringing their own stuff to it and it's that's reflecting back at them and it's making them feel all that, and maybe they can't even put their finger on it wow like i agree like what an amazing thing to to be able to create that response in in another human being
1: it's something i realized a couple of years ago it's like my ultimate goal as a creative like I, i i want that it's sort of melancholy in a way. it's essentially giving the viewer of what or the you know the viewer or listener or whatever of a piece of artwork the opportunity to interpret how they wish that's what I'm going for like that's what I am personally trying to aim for it's it's hard though
0: it's no, honestly that is that's you've hit the nail on the head for me as well, and that's what I've been trying to do with these music videos is I'm just letting myself create it again, here's the word instinctively so that hopefully when somebody else watches it that stuff will be there if if they are anything like me but maybe there's something else there that i didn't you know i'm I'm putting enough pieces there that you can create a pattern and you can draw your own conclusions
1: yeah and if you give people that that opportunity to sort of engage with it i think i think you you build a stronger connection between them and the work you know like it has to evoke emotion in a person and if a million people watch it you'll get a mil- million different responses you know and and that's what's phenomenal about art, really, because then there's a, a endless amounts of discussions that can go on about what the meaning of that is, and you—it's now beyond your creation, isn't it? It's like out of your hands at that point, isn't
0: it? Great, <laughs> it's my favorite thing. It's my favorite shit.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's great, and then also like yeah, because people can credit you for genius that you will you yeah, didn't yeah, quite yeah, have. Like, <laughs> as well. Yes, I definitely meant that. <laughs> but I think the genius
0: of it is the fact that it, that that you, even if you didn't mean to create the connection you put the pieces there and you knew that that was going to be, that was going to provoke and evoke. And you, you knew that. And that, that I think is, is genius as well. You don't need to know the answer. I, I said this recently in a, a chat I did about the behind the scenes of these Dodie videos that I did, the visual album that I did for her. When somebody asked me, does it matter if somebody gets it? The quick answer is no. And I don't have the right answer just because I made it. I want you to be able to engage with it.
1: Final question, and this problem is probably going to sideline you a little bit. Go on. What gives you hope?
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I was expecting more. Yeah, 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 yeah. No,
1: that's it. What gives you hope? (sighs) Question mark.
0: What a lovely question. Do you know what? I think conversations like this, the fact that there are people who want to have similar conversations conversations and have similar interest in art and human connection and growth to know that there are other people who want to have that conversation listen to that conversation engage on that level that gives me hope i'm going to keep i'm going to leave it there i'm not going to i'm not going to overthink that i think just knowing that 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 exists
1: yeah that's a great answer man um and uh thank you so much for coming on the absolute podcast pleasure. i really appreciate it and for talking so openly as well it's always an honor when people do that and yeah, yeah no. you're an absolute legend for this so thanks man thank it's, you. Been
0: a, it's been a joy anytime
1: that is the end of part two and my conversation with jack howard Be sure to check out his YouTube and Instagram for his work. It's always great to see what he's getting up to. And the links to these are in the show notes at visiongraph.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've got some really exciting guests coming up, and I can't wait to share what I've got brewing for you all. If you subscribe, you can guarantee that you'll get those episodes the day they come out. If you can do me a favor and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, for example, by sending over a link to it over WhatsApp, You'll be helping me in trying to encourage creatives to get these kind of important and meaningful conversations going. I want to grow the podcast and keep it going for as long as possible and this would really help me out. If you have a few seconds to spare after listening, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done already and thanks to everyone who has. You can get in touch and follow me at VisionGraft on Instagram and Twitter or at VisionGraft.com, you already know the address. Past episodes such as episode 6 with voiceover artist extraordinaire Alexia Kombu are available on the website and that one in particular is a wisdom bath for those who run their own business. I didn't realise that run sort of works with the bath thing but there we go. I've been being a little strict on myself recently, expecting more work output than I think my time will allow. The last two days I've taken stock of the pressure I've been putting on myself and I'm working on giving myself more time to achieve what I'm setting out to do. I'm hoping by lowering this pressure I'll work more effectively and be more focused. The pandemic has put the pressure on me to catch up, as it were, but there's still plenty of time to do that. Thank you for listening to Vision and Graft, a creative's career and mental well-being companion. If talking's the cure, then creativity's the recovery. Take care.
0: Find us online at visiongraft.com or on Instagram and Twitter at
1: visiongraft.